0: Hello Looney listeners, this is Ray here, just uh, wanting to say, look, if you like Moon Knight, I urge you to give The Fringe Knight a go. This is a self-published indie release by creator and writer Daniel Doing, um, and it's a, it's a ripper of a read. Uh, the Fringe Knight is an adventure comic series set in Airy, Pennsylvania, and the series stars the title character who protects his city from every threat imaginable. From radioactive wolfmen to mad scientists putting poodles in giant robots, The Fringe Knight is there to protect. Definitely worth checking out. I highly recommend it. Uh, available, uh, just check out the show notes uh, in this episode, but uh, The Fringe Knight has a Facebook page as well as a Patreon page and you can also find all the comics on IndiePlanet.com So check out Fringe Night by Daniel Doyne. Alright, let's get on to the show. Welcome back, Looney listeners. You're listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight Podcast. Uh, you're we're the one of your high priests of Konchu uh, this episode. Ray, hello everybody. Um, and we have a, a very special episode here. Thought we'd would be able to um yeah, able to highlight one of our, our beloved Petrunis's works um, and just things that are happening um coming up in 2024 so we have special guest daniel doing daniel how you going
1: greetings and salutations to you high priest ray on this (laughs) most auspicious of nights of Conchu. oh yes
0: yes how are you doing yeah good 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 i'm excited i'm excited to um chat with you about uh we are talking about fringe night for those that don't know uh, so this is a special bonus episode uh released for everybody Uh, And I've titled it Daniel Fringe Night Remastered because uh, you've been working so hard with your creation, content creation of Fringe Night, uh, both ranging in the comics, uh, also in in wearables, in cosplay as well. Um, Would you like to tell the the listeners what, actually, before I start with that, for anyone that has been living under a rock and doesn't know about Fringe Night, um, who is Fringe Night um, and yeah, how did, how did he come about?
1: Oh man, that is the question, isn't it?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so the fringe night, uh, is pretty much my love letter to, uh, all the deep complex characters that I grew up reading, like, you know, moon Knight, the shadow, you know, the phantom, the good, like, sort of like, cause to me, moon Knight always seemed more like a pulp hero. You know, he kind of like he, he lives in his own world, even though he's in the Marvel universe. He really does kind of just live in his own universe, you know, in a certain way. You yeah. know, it's Moon Knight's world, we're just living in it. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to tell a good, sort of scary noir story. And I, you know, spent a long time developing it. And uh, we just released our seventh issue of awesome. The Fringe Night a sort of supernatural crime mystery thriller that's set in uh, Erie, Pennsylvania, which I live about
0: yes. 40 oh, minutes from there. Oh, okay. I thought actually you lived in Erie, Pennsylvania. Okay.
1: I'm close enough. I mean, it's yeah. out in Pennsylvania. If you're 40 minutes away from something, you're close. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: Right, and you mentioned as well. So uh, you're seven issues strong, which is which is great. It's still going. When did when did it, um when did you first conceive of when it was uh, Fringe Night first published?
1: Uh, about seven years ago.
0: Okay. Oh, consistently. Back in uh,
1: twenty seventeen.
0: Okay. 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 So um yeah, so you've had Fringe Night going strong for seven years as well. Uh, and you felt I think it's I guess it's time for a bit of a um. A polish up is that right like looking back at some of the past issues
1: yep so when i did issue one i had no clue what i was doing (laughs) you know i was it was essentially like you know long time comic reader first time comic writer kind of thing Mm -hmm. and i had to forego a lot of stuff uh due to budget constraints to do a story but not not the full story that i wanted to do So I've been going back with my current artist, uh, Javier Lugo, who is an outstanding artist. And if you need anything done, he is your guy. Yep. And we have completely remastered issue one from the ground up. We pretty much we've taken the script and expanded it to a uh, almost 35 page or 36 page mega issue almost. Mm hmm to include a lot of details that we couldn't in that first issue to um, really flesh out the story mm. and really take a deep look into who is the Fringe Knight and how did he get to this point?
0: Yeah, it's kind of like a um, a real labour of love, isn't it? it? It's similar to, like, I, I liken it to, say, you know, podcasting. After... You know, so many years and uh, all the experience that you gain. You're looking back at your first issue or your first episode, and you go, "Oh, I wish I could have done it's that like, differently." What the hell was I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> so it's a great, a great opportunity, uh, but it's also, I think, a great stepping stone to introduce the character again to a new wider fan base so uh, and also i mean taking nothing away from issue one of course um but you get to present it in a a bigger, better format you get to you know maybe um fix up the the errors or whatever or things that you missed out on so you get to present a a, things um,
1: that i didn't know about back
0: then that i know now you know and then so you get to present a better version of your character uh, for those that may want to may want to pick it up as well, I forgot to mention as well that you also not only cosplay in comics, but you do like it, consistently do some writing. Like you you, you do um, fringe up prose, right? Like like short stories. Yeah.
1: Oh yes, I uh, have recently, and that's another big thing that we are going to be doing this year is a lot more uh, actual pulp stories.
0: Because
1: mm, cool. uh, yeah. like back in the day, before you know, we had comic books which are wonderful you used to have pulp magazines which you know were pretty much the same format um and everybody's wrote a pulp whether they know it or not if you ever gotten like a like a goosebumps book or you know magic treehouse book that's essentially a pulp it's a short story with uh, a few illustrations to it yep. so i'm trying to sort of build up a lot more of like the fringe night universe with stories that i couldn't quite find a way to tell in the main book so i've decided to tell them as sort of like you know in between you know issue four and five Mm. there's this story happening yeah or between issue six and seven so Mm -hmm. these pulps are going to be uh done i'm hoping to do them at least monthly or bi-monthly and Mm. they're going to be exclusive on our patreon page
0: awesome and um also as well i i think correct me if i'm wrong but because i guess the process of making a comic book is probably a bit slower and if you have these endless ideas it, it's quicker to kind of like fill in those gaps is that would that be fair to say by writing this prose that you can expand the universe without having to go through the the months um needed to to pull in the artist to, a, to,
1: yeah yeah i'd say that's a, that's a fair way of putting it Just again i've got so much going on up here mm. yeah it's really <laughs> I, good. I have to I have to get my poor artist to break because i'm messaging him like through what if we did this he's like dude i'm yeah. sleeping it's um it is really
0: <laughs> it, it astounds me it's amazing how the the wealth of creativity that you are outputting you know so uh it's uh it's amazing it's really good i'm so glad that french night is still going um going strong i would be remiss if i did not mention as well daniel one of your crowning achievements uh as well listeners Fringe night um comics books uh, cosplay, but also action figures. Uh, this was what, I, was what I thought was amazing. This was awesome. towards the end of last year, right? You you kind of got this together. Yep. You've, you've got the package, like you've got the full on. It's similar to like Marvel Legends, um, and that the figure looks awesome, doesn't it? Yes, yep. there it is. So how did how did you find that process? I mean, because that would have been your first time, right? As a as a figure making. Oh, yeah. So Uh, I had spoken to some
1: other independent
0: comic book uh,
1: publishers who had, um, you know, sort of gone the same route of, you know, because the the thing that I feel sort of is like, it's sort of the standard now is everybody does like a a Kickstarter Mm -hmm. for like everything they do. And I'm just like, well, why don't I just cut out the middleman and learn to do this myself? Because I see like independent books and you know movies and stuff. Who like they'll do like limited edition action figures and stuff. And me, I loves me my action figures. I don't I know, know. I, like I know.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: but I have me a very extensive Marvel Legends collection cool. going back a long time. Mm-hmm. And with the resurgence of McFarlane doing the DC figures and actually scaling the figures up to seven inches, like it was sort of like this, you know revelation me like oh my god like you can actually do figures in different sizes
0: <laughs> yeah
1: yeah <laughs> so i sat down and i had found a very talented uh 3d modeler who i i held up one of my crazy scribbles like Dude, make 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 this 3d uh-huh. me what make this <laughs> <laughs> and he, he very calmly said it, and i was like okay do you, how you know how many points of articulation do you want? And you want, mm-hmm. and,
0: I'm, and I'm basically like just a caveman going, "Me, you, man, <laughs> It's got a lot. Yeah, there's a little bit more to it than just, uh, yeah, and just yeah. So yeah. And I
1: learned quite a bit from that experience because I, I essentially I like to boil it down to, I liked the size scale of the McFarlane figures, which is about seven inches. Yep, and I did about as many points of articulation as a Marvel
0: Legends figure. What was that like thirty-two or something? Or yeah, many? about thirty-four, I believe. Thirty-four. Okay. Well, yeah, they, they are highly articulate. The Marvel Legends figures, so you you get that in the Fringe Knight um, figure itself. Um, where to then from from this with with figure making? Um, are, are you looking at uh, other characters within the Fringe Knight universe? Uh, Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. We've we've just. Um, Gotten Fringe Night done. And a uh, little side note, um, because I make all the figures
0: myself, I paint them all myself, I even make fabric coats for them. That is amazing. Well, you are a very, very good cosplayer. I mean, I have seen your. So I'm, um, albeit a smaller version, uh, I'm sure making uh, wearables for, for figures would be not too hard for you as well. So that's, no, that's great. Wow. Crazy fact uh, the uh, coat for my figure is literally just the
1: pattern of my actual fringe night coat. And I had a friend of mine scan in the pattern and just Xerox. And I literally cut out the exact pattern for the big coat, but in tiny form. Wow.
0: Amazing. (laughs) So
1: all the the figures have fabric coats. It's not just one big hunk of flexible plastic on them or anything. Because that was always something that bugged me, especially growing up is like, you get this awesome Batman figure, Mm. plays got Big plastic cape on them that yep. doesn't move. You're like trying to like make it move or make them do cool yep. poses and can't.
0: Mm. Yeah, I've seen more and more these days. You know, a lot with the Mezco figures and and Hot Toys, you get more of the fabric um, capes, which um, lends itself to more display. You know, uh, flexibility in display. You know, whether you want them flapping away or you're and right more because. Mm, yeah. Po- yeah. Sorry. That's where I'm getting towards. Yeah. The the um disposability. Because yeah, with the plastic ones, although they look cool and you can always guarantee that they will look, you know, they would be perfectly um wrinkled and crumpled the way they're meant to be. If you want, say, like Moon Knight jumping off a rooftop, you're still going to have like. A cape that like folds down <laughs> you know what i mean so yeah. it doesn't it doesn't really go with what you want to do so yeah absolutely um with all this as well uh, again listeners all of this will be in the show notes um so all these items are available online right as well but you At do fringe night.com. we'll get that in the show notes uh, listeners have a check it out if you can uh, all the digital all comics are digital as well as well as hard copies is, is that right
1: Yes. We are currently working on getting uh, Seven turned into a PDF, but it'll also be available.
0: Okay. Fantastic as well. But with the the likes of the figures and and the comics and stuff, you do travel. I have seen you go to various cons um, and set up stalls there. You even had a um, – I'm assuming that you employed her to to play one of your characters. Um, I can't remember. She was the the digital. Who was she again? Um, oh, yes, Donna Matrix. Yes, Donna Matrix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, she was yeah, an actor, Very, right? very good you?
1: friend of, yeah. Oh, oh a very good friend of mine and a uh, fellow cosplayer, uh, Scarlet okay. Traces. Oh, okay. Um, Perfect. Yeah, check her out on Instagram. Give her a follow. She is super awesome, and she listens to all my insane ramblings and puts a smile <laughs> on her face. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But yeah, I mean, so you, but you travel around um, and you set up stores with Fringe Night. So tell, tell us about a bit of, about the experience of being on the other side, you know, as opposed to attending a con, um, how is it being part of the con? It's a trip.
1: It, it really, it, it, it really does feel like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory at some point, because, <laughs> you know, especially for, so the big one that I do is Erie Comic-Con, you know, we're, mm-hmm. uh, you know, don't forget, check out Eerie Comic-Con 2024 this year, guys. <laughs> and, um you know, you have to get there early. You have to make sure everything's set up. It, it it very much feels like when you go to, like, if you're, like, watching some movie about medieval times and you see, like, the dude at the market, like, oh, fresh pears. That's pretty much why I feel like, oh, fresh comics. Come and buy my comics.
0: <laughs> is it, is it, oh, I can't imagine it. it's cutthroat or anything like that. I, I can only imagine that your, your peers, your fellow stall. Um, you know, retailers. um You all kind of get together. Do you, Do you mix and mingle, or we, do you check each other out? Yeah.
1: Oh, we do. We'll We'll sit there and talk with one another because uh, we'll we'll see some people with some very outrageous cosplays, and we'll just like look at each other and like woof. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's very nice, though. There is a lot of camaraderie amongst uh the vendors and everything. There's not really this like, oh, it's going to be my money. Oh, mm. screw you. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because everybody does something different. They're, like, yes, there's there are a few others like me who have independent books. But, you know, we all know not everybody's going to get, you know, fringe nine. Not everybody's going to get this book or that book. It's going to be whatever particular taste the reader wants, they'll get that book. And all we can do as creators is show our idea to the world, see who likes it, and see if they'll read it.
0: Yeah. Look, I'm going to ask you a little bit of a, um, I don't know what sort of question it is, but um, you don't have to answer it, okay? Uh, It just just got me thinking as well. So, you know, being a content creator and, you know, having this such a strong idea and and plans for Fringe Night, have you ever um, considered approaching other companies, you know, like Image, where you're able to maybe get your... Your character and your book out to a greater audience, you know, with the help of them. Um, and, and I mentioned Image because they, it sounds like they're very supportive of content creators, of like independent creators. Um, what are your thoughts on that? You know, Dynamite or Action Lab comics, you know, just the, yeah. They can be, but just unless you
1: have something that's already firmly established um you you have like a legal team to look over all the paperwork if you're just if you're like me just some schmo off the street who's writing a funny book because you love writing funny books it's going to be very daunting and it's going to be a little uh off-putting because Uh you know they're going to throw all these like oh, you got to make this many sales figures you got to show us you've got this much growth in mind you've got to be able to pay your own artist for like a year or so okay yes yeah and it's different with every company yeah and really it's kind of like that that lightning in a bottle moment like you if you have something that they want they will approach you if not it's Mm. you having to show that you have the prettiest horse at the show
0: yeah yeah
1: if you want to pursue that route, and frankly I, i i kind of floated the idea a little bit but at the end of the day i was like this is my creation this is my story. I want to tell. Yeah. I want to be able to tell it on my terms.
0: Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, that's fair, and and that's a kind of uh, the uh, one of the main things, I guess, for content creators, and you know, for eventually working at say the big two, where you do lose a lot of those uh, those rights as a, as a creator. So, um, also as well, then if if not going down that route, I'm just I'm just spitballing here, Daniel. Um, if not going down this route as well. Um, and already having done the the comic cons that you've done, um, getting Fringe Night uh, on the comic book shelves or maybe the figures within comic book stores is that something that um, might be worth investigating? Or uh, had you? Oh yes, yeah. I've, yeah. I've been talking with a lot of the local shops and
1: building up a network. And thankfully, my artist uh, has a lot of very good friendships with other comic shops because they also like to like. You'll really find nowadays, like comic shops, they really want to support the oh, independent artists. Oh, that's great. They they don't want to be mucking about with like Diamond and like yeah. whatever DC's using for their distribution because they, you know, they had to be big shots and pull out a Diamond, but just like they they want they don't want to deal with a middleman. They yep. want to help the independent artist, The person who, if they call or email, they yep. will hear from that person. They won't hear from an assistant yep. or an executive assistant. None of that malarkey.
0: Oh, that's really good, actually. That that sounds and that's very encouraging uh, because I know definitely my LCS Kings. I have seen them support Australian like local talent, and and they have displayed uh, Australian comics. You, you know that you you would never see over. I hate to say it I mean but you'd probably never see over there Daniel you know they're very much local um but it is good I'm I'm sure there are a lot of prerequisites that go with it as well similar to what you're saying about approaching companies to take on your character I'm sure with comic book stores you know they'd want to know something as well I mean uh call me cynical but I I I don't see any business being totally philanthropic, you know, without there being some motive yeah. for themselves. Uh, yeah, but, the Yeah. Yeah. But that, I mean, that's really cool. So, I mean, I'd love to see Fringe Night in more uh, in more comics. It would be a dream, Daniel, if there were Fringe Nights uh, at my local comic book store. <laughs> um, well, send, send them my way. I'll, I'll definitely, yeah. uh, I'll, I'll supply them with the books. Yeah, well, I can definitely send you their details and just see. I mean, like again, you don't know until you 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 give it a go, right? So, um, yeah. And it's
1: funny because I find more and more, especially with getting the website up and running, the biggest thing that deters people is that international shipping because our postal service is so goofy right now. Mm. trying to get anything shipped international it's like and i'm i'm sure you you and it's interesting like, to i'd love to get your opinion on this because like in america when you have like the big anime fans and everything and they're yep. ordering in all of this stuff from directly from like tokyo like the sailor mm-hmm. moon or dragon ball z yeah plushy pillow whatever thing yeah you know the the item itself is like eh, maybe twenty bucks, yeah. but the shipping it could be like eighty dollars for yeah. them to ship a pillow. Yep,
0: that that's exactly Sorry. that's exactly how it's like here, which is a, a massive deterrent for you know where I'm from, Australians, to to try and buy overseas. I mean, there's so the, the amount of times Daniel Wooder I looked at, um, I can't remember the, the name of the website. It's an American one. It's like cheap graphic novels, or uh, there's a um, direct Graphic sales. There's there's a website on the US, and the costs for omnibuses and trades are crazy cheap. Uh, Nuts! I would love. I would love to get that, but as you say, the shipping costs more than half. or more than sorry, more than the cost of the uh, actual item itself. So it's it's a massive deterrent, um, unfortunately. And yeah, it, it sounds like it works both ways. Like when you are trying to order from the from the Pacific. From japan um it's, it's just gonna cost so uh yeah i don't know how we we kind of make that I've, I've looked at um there are things on the website on websites here daniel where i can um from the us there's a nominated uh, shipping address and for a small fee i can uh, basically lock that in and then i'm i do an order and i have it shipped over to that address in the us um, but it only really works if I bulk buy, because then again there's an inherent shipping cost. It comes out mm-hmm. slightly cheaper than if I do than if I do buy. Um, but, but I can then actually it's
1: that risk versus reward thing, you yeah,
0: know. Yeah, yeah. And and well the, the flexibility with that is that I can buy from multiple stores and still just incur the one heavy shipping cost. Whereas, you know, if I buy one one omnibus from here or like a fringe night figure from there. It's gonna be like that. The shipping costs are gonna add up. So, so yeah, yeah. It's um. Fringe night by now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, def- definitely. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So it sounds great. Like things are happening with, with Fringe Night, twenty twenty four. Like before we it's gonna kinda, be a big year. Yeah, it's gonna be a big year. Because right. on top of all that, we're gonna yep. have issue
1: eight coming out yep. uh, at least by summertime. Okay. Um, we're gonna. We're actually going to launch an Indiegogo for the remastered issue one because we've got a whole slew of fun things that we want to throw in. I've been working on some fun stuff. You know, we even have pledge levels. If you know, you get uh, if you pledge for uh, the remastered issue one,
0: you could also get a Fringe Night action figure along with it. Wow, cool! And what's the timing? What would the timing be for the remastered thing? So, if you have this pledge going, when when in twenty twenty four can you expect the release of remaster we are actually it's funny you mention that gang keep a lookout because by the
1: end of this month we are going to be doing our first ever motion trailer for oh, the yeah. remastered issue one what? which will have a link for the indiegogo yeah. and then we'll be running the campaign for about a month so beginning of february to end of february <laughs> which is going to be good because it's a leap year <laughs> <laughs> And um, once that's done, we're going to get everything all set to go. And then by, I want to say mid to late April, we will get everything shipped. Okay. So we'll have, you know, books. We even have t shirts and posters and Mm. hoodies. Mm-hmm. Especially in this weather, because I don't know about down you, but it's like zero degrees right here right oh, now.
0: Oh, <laughs> and it's quite quite warm and toasty here.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, just keep rubbing it in, Ray. <laughs> just because Conchu likes you more. <laughs> but geez, Daniel, you, you, sorry. Go on. But no, uh, and then on top of that, we are also going to be working, and this is, again this is going to be exclusive on our Patreon. We are going to be doing a limited series. Fringe Night Radio Drum.
0: Wow! Uh, look, just before you go any further, I was about to say, Daniel, and you've proven me once again. It seems like there's no media uncovered for for Fringe Night. He's talking about motion. Uh, there's a motion. Uh, what would you call it? Like a motion ad? Um, yeah, so like, you, a,
1: like a like a short animated. Animation.
0: So we're talking animation. We're talk we're talking clothes, wearables, apparel. Uh, and we're talking now a radio drama on top of everything. You've got everything covered. All we need now is a live action movie slash TV oh, series. <laughs> <laughs> Pay attention to us, necklace.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, that's fantastic. So tell us more a bit about the uh, the radio um, uh, radio so drama in the again, world.
1: again, it's going to be about 20 to 30 minutes. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, going in that same sort of like old – fashion radio pulp drama like the shadow yeah i like it but again you know stuff in modern times
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know we're not going to be sitting there clanging pots and pans to do thunder <laughs> <laughs> we have soundpod for that now <laughs> but um again it's going to be a a limited series that's going to be set in between uh sort of in the backdrop you know again yeah. it's going to be kind of like um you know like while well, this story is going on this is going on in the background kind of thing Okay, okay. Okay. Again, not everything we see in the issues is the everyday life of, you know, Anthony yes. a.k.a. the fringe Knight.
0: Mm-hmm. So what's
1: going on here not necessarily is being covered here. So Yeah, yeah. This way you get to see everything he's up to. He has right. no
0: moment of peace. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome it sounds like a huge year uh for fringe night 2024 um before we wrap up daniel as well anything else um apart from look everything will be in the in the links in the show notes uh so go check it out i, go, I gotta urge you oh your, your patron uh patreon page um tell us a little bit about that and the tears um it's kind of the wet the whistle of some listeners yeah
1: so um we will be working on a few restructuring things with the radio dramas and everything coming. Um, mm-hmm. So you can pledge anywhere from a dollar and you get to see all of the amazing artwork, you know, previews for upcoming issues, you know, mm-hmm. sketches for characters and things like that. So $5, which essentially means every time we come out with an issue, boom, you get a copy sent to you. Fantastic. And then you can even go as far as, I think I have it set at $40 where you could actually become a
0: character in an issue of Fringe Night. Oh, wow. How cool is that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. That sounds it pretty good.
1: In the so I'm like, oh!
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So, listeners, uh, definitely check out a Patreon page. Check out fringenight.com. Is that all one word? Yep, the
1: fringenote.com
0: different yeah sorry the night.com. check it out for all um Daniel's stuff uh, Daniel it, it it's been fantastic to be able to, to learn more and actually to to get out there hopefully there are a lot of loonies out there that are interested uh, in fringe night uh, I urge you it, it's fantastic I've read um I don't think I've read well I haven't read the seventh issue I think I've read issues one to four. I think, um, or maybe for oh, someone a little
1: bit behind, you're in for a, a big surprise there, my friend.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but thank you so much, uh, Daniel. Is there anywhere else that uh, listeners may be able to contact you should they want to talk more about Fringe Night or or? Um, Absolutely,
1: get- we are on Twitter at you know Fringe Night official uh, underscores in between there. Uh, you know, same with our we've got an Instagram page, we have our Facebook page and then we also now have our youtube page where we will be putting a series of our teaser videos available for everybody
0: fantastic i will, will definitely go check it out as i said listeners uh it's all there in the show notes just uh just click on and yes yeah, see you know obviously if you're if you're aussie and stuff just be aware of shipping <laughs> as well but um <laughs> don't let that deter you uh it, it's really great stuff that daniel is doing Um, No pun. Daniel, thank you so much for for coming on to the show. Well, thank you so much for having me on. It's always a blast. No worries. Uh, Listeners, as this is a bonus episode, uh, you know the drill. But as always, make on you watch over the denizens of the night. Catch you later.